Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Second Chance Cinema called Be Kind, Rewind. This episode is from our first season, just recut, remastered with clips from the movie, thrust it in. Ugh, that sounded dirty. Whatever. Just a quick reminder that we do curse, we spoil movie endings, and we sometimes have ADD. But it's all in good fun as we uncover another wonderful hidden cinema gem. Enjoy the show. Soldiers, no poor sap ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by being all that he can be. Damn the torpedoes, or give me death. Eternal vigilance is the price of duty. And to the victors go the spoils. So remember, you are the best of the best of the few and the proud. So ask not what your country can do for you. Only regret that you have but one life to live. The war against the Gorgonites will be won. Uh-oh. Commando Elite, let the first shot be fired. Search out the Gorgonites and drag them all. Yeah. Welcome back to another edition of our podcast, Second Chance Cinema. My name is MC. My name is Spro. And we're here to talk about some movies that they're sort of regarded as average when we think there's so much more. I think, yeah. Like, our parents, like, like our parents view us <laughs> uh, in terms of how the rest of society views us. I think these are movies that people either minimal people love, most then half the people like, and then half the people hate. And so the reviews come out as like fives, okay. fives and sixes. And we think they're better than that. And we're just trying to shout down the shouters. The so this one that we're doing today is a movie that I hadn't seen for a long time until last night. I watched it, and I won't say it kept me up all night, but I will say I only got an hour of sleep all night. I did notice you were Instagramming at like 4 a.m. I was sitting out with the raccoons. <laughs> For like two hours. They were cool last night. I fed them some crab legs and cookies, and they liked that. Wow, fancy. I know. And Well, the crab legs were like three weeks old, so <laughs> raccoons love that. <laughs> anyway, so this movie I had to find on YouTube, and it was one of those things where, because it was on YouTube, the person who uploaded it had to make it like minimal screen size and had to speed up the, the audio track. I guess that prevents it from being copyright infringement. Maybe. Because it's like, I don't know if it's like a parody or what. But anyway, so I watched the whole movie with the characters' voices as like chipmunk voices. Which, when we talk about the characters, uh, specifically the lead bad guy, you'll understand why that's kind of funny. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to play the trailer. uh, And I'm going to write a haiku about the film. Haiku is the art of Japanese samurai poetry that they would use to cast spells upon each other during times of peace just to fuck around. That's the historical <laughs> context of a haiku. It's a beautiful art form. So anyway, let's play the I'm trailer. I'm going to try one. Hmm? I'm going to try one with you. Why don't you do this one? You want me? No, I don't, okay. All right, you do this one. All right. Do this one. We'll play the trailer. Spro's going to write a haiku. And, you don't uh, want like battle and put haiku spells on each other? Oh, we could do that, sure. Do you have a piece of paper? I do. Okay, let's do it then. Play the trailer and we will haiku. Globotech Defense System. In a secret lab, the world's most advanced military microprocessor has been created. But the Cold War is over. For Globotech to survive, new markets must be found. Now, all that power has been placed into the brain of a fighting machine unlike any known to man. They made it strong. They made it clever. They made it 
small. They made a mistake. Major Chip Hazard reporting for duty, sir. Wow, voice activated. Commandos, team pet. Tail dogs, soldiers. Rick Bazooka, ready to spring into action. Butch Meat Hook, prepare to go to distance. Hit Nitro, demolition. <laughs> Kip Killigan, sharp as a razor. You are the best of the best. Heartland Play Systems, I'm having trouble with the Commando Elite. It's like they're alive. Let's roll some armor. We got us a war to win. The few. We have met the enemy. He is big. He is fat. Gaia. The proud. He has revealed a weakness. Alan, please, you have to help. <laughs> Major Chip Hazard wants a war. We'll give him a war. The small. Who are you calling small? This summer. Babes at 12 o'clock. Join the Commando Elite. Gentlemen, those are reinforcements. Windows, attack! No mercy! Incoming! Small soldiers. Command post to break bazooka, report. It's just a flesh wound, sir. You have to be crazy not to be scared. So, of course, they said the name. And the movie is Small Soldiers, which, like I said, I watched for the first time in a while last night, and I was really into it. But let's get to our haikus. So this is your first foray. This correct? is. This um, is my first one. Well, not in life. Do you want to go first, or should I? You go first. Okay, here we go. The rules are five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Three lines. Toy Story. Child's Play. <laughs> War. Huh. What is it good for? Pure Propaganda. You're like a master. Ah, I've done this a lot. I do this when you're not here. <laughs> that is amazing. Go ahead. I got Dennis Leary rant. Mm-hmm. Gorgonite's best at hiding. Good. I was Nick Nitro. What do you mean you were Nick Nitro? I was Nick Nitro. So this came out in 98, mm-hmm. 16 years old. Bob was the first kid that I remember having a car. Do I have to bleep his name? I don't know. Because okay. I'm not going to like badmouth him or whatnot okay. unless he's in hiding. We all went to see this movie. And then, of course, as teenage boys do, I don't know who else was in this little club that we had going on. Uh-huh. But we all picked a character to be. And then we all went to Burger King to try and get that specific toy in the Big King meal. And my guy was Nick Nitro, demolition expert. The Are one you- that dies in the movie. And you're... <laughs> Is he the one that gets sucked in the garbage disposal? Yep. And you were 16? 16 years old. Wow. I know. I was always kind of a kid at heart, I guess. I guess, yeah. That said, this movie wasn't necessarily for kids. No. That was the big criticism that I noticed when I was kind of looking into it. And it's a criticism that is actually pretty valid today with like like the superhero movies being rated PG-13, whereas like Deadpool was rated R and, you know, made history as a rated R movie and blah, blah, blah. This movie was based around toys that come to life. There are the soldiers who are like super militant and super aggressive and they're painted as the bad guys. And then there are the Gorgonites who are these like monsters. Well, actually in the movie, the soldiers, the what were they called? The commando elite yep. are supposed to be the heroes in the world of the movie. They're supposed to be the heroes. And the Gorgonites who are like these alien monster beings are supposed to be the villains because they're evil and scary and whatever. But as the movie unfolds, you realize that the commando elite are the like super aggressive, super could even call them like super fascist 
villains of the movie and the gorgonites are these like just humble peace loving peace loving beings <laughs> what i was trying to say is that they they were all toys so the movie was centered around toys that come to life so immediately you start thinking of kids but the movie itself kind of goes off on like a bit of a dark tangent here and there oh, yeah. and got a pg-13 rating because of it and that's why it did not fare so well critically or financially. Well, and I'm wondering, because there's a lot of quotes behind the scenes. One, the first thing is, I don't understand the rating system and the rating process and like the history of, of it all. Ratings can kill a movie. Uh-huh. And what happened, like, even with Deadpool being rated R, parents were still taking their kids thinking it was a superhero movie, but nobody's, you know, paying attention. And yep. then they backlash against the movie, which happened with Small Soldiers, which also happened with a movie that closely resembles Small Soldiers, which was Gremlins, directed by the same guy. What was that rated? That was rated PG back in the day. Like, Jaws was rated PG back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, because they didn't take, you know, it was mainly sex was what they were rating against but gore and everything and gore and horror were okay to show kids as long as they said parental guidance you know well, it's up to you here's the thing <laughs> we talked about jurassic world the new one on the last episode mm -hmm. when my fiance and i went to go see it the first time we sat down this was at crocker park a family comes in sits down next to us in the seat next to me to my right was a baby like an infant with a bottle, a child, an, a, an infant who was fussing. This is like as the previews are getting started, fussing and cooing and making noise. By the time we got to the preview, I think for Uncle Drew, it was just like, nope, we're out of here. Can't do this. So we went to the box office and we were like, we bought tickets. There's a baby in the theater. Um, number one, they comped us four free passes and tickets to the show the next day. Wow. So we made out like crazy. But they said the the manager said that they're not allowed to say anything about babies or little kids coming into a movie unless it's rated R. So that uh, isn't that just ridiculous? Yeah, parents are weird. Like the the woman was holding the baby, bottle feeding the baby in the movie about dinosaurs eating people <laughs> and being scary monsters. Like I don't get it. She just didn't want to pay a babysitter thirty bucks. That's what her. I feel like. I feel, and I hate to judge because I don't know their circumstances. Whatever, but I feel like when you have a kid, there are certain liberties you give up, and going to the movies <laughs> might be one of those liberties if, in fact, you cannot find a babysitter. Right? Because you can't bring a baby to the movies. No, not a baby. I would say tangent i saw jurassic world fallen kingdom twice mm -hmm. first time i saw it with my now wife and then the the second time i saw it with her nephew mm -hmm. who was i think he's about he's around the 10 year age range okay so much better the second time to see it through a kid's eyes oh really and that kind of opened my eyes up to who is this for you know like anytime a movie is re like anything that they're rebooting, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh -huh. And you kind of sit back and go, well, this isn't, you know, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, that's right, because it's not your generation right. anymore. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. that's, you know? Yeah, that's all the nerds like, you're, you're raping my childhood and right. all that stuff. And I feel like when it's Small Soldiers came out, I was the prime target audience. What year did this come out? 98. 98, so... I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah, I would have been 17. I remember, I, I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters, but I remember seeing it. I had some of the toys, actually, because I thought they looked cool, especially um, Insaniac. 
<laughs> voiced by Michael McKeon. Did yep. you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't realize that, but that's that's pretty awesome that Michael McKeon was him. And I'm going to have to find a copy of it and watch it like with normal voices because take mine. I didn't get the uh, Oh, nice. I got the signature edition. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cuz I didn't get the I didn't get the full effect of all the voices like Ernest Borgnine and Tommy Lee Jones. That was the one that was specifically difficult to endure as a chipmunk voice right. because his voice is, was so perfect for Chip Hazard that it sucked as a chipmunk. Hound dogs, soldiers! Butch meat hook, sniper. Lethal from any distance, sir. Good to have you aboard. Big Nitro, demolition is my mission. Served with your father, he's a good man. Brick bazooka, artillery, ready to go full bore, sir. Save it for the enemy. Link static, communications, awaiting dispatch of orders, sir. Double up on your rations, Sparky. Kip Killigan, covert insurgent, sharp as a razor, sir. Let me see that weapon. Standard issue is insufficient. Right, ladies, now listen, and listen good. Our mission, destroy the Gorgonite enemy, defeat him. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. There will be no mercy. Search the area and secure new arms. Commandos, full Well, the Commando Elite were all voiced by... Dirty Dozen? The Dirty Dozen. Mm -hmm. What they wanted was the cast of Predator, with Arnold Schwarzenegger being... Oh, really? Chip Chip Hazard. But the overall... This is another movie where when you go back, like in 98, you're kind of like, oh, that guy and that guy. And now it's the movie opens with Dennis Leary, David Mm -hmm. Cross, Jay Moore sitting Mm -hmm. in a room together. Mm -hmm. And those are all hot commodities right now. Um, Are they? I would say so. Jay Moore? Yeah. What's he in? He was... Poor Jay Moore. I mean, nothing against Jay Moore. I mean, something against Jay Moore. He did come to Cleveland and trash our city. Oh, did he? He did. But that's what people do when they're LeBron haters. Oh. He was in The Mick, which I liked as a TV show. Oh, yeah. BoJack Horseman. Don't know that. Does a lot. Well, anyway. Just like in the TV realm of the world. So him and David Cross play... I guess they're what, like executives at a toy company? I don't know if they're executives. Are they like designers designers or managers at a toy company Mm -hmm. that gets bought by, was it Globotech? Yep. This global conglomerate owned by Dennis Leary, who Dennis Leary comes, Dennis Leary was actually pretty sweet in this role, I thought. He comes in and he does one of his rants. They're holding like their new toy that just tripled sales figures or something like that. And he's like, that's why I bought your company. That's why you guys are still here. And it, it's implied that he like fired everybody else except for Jay Moore and David Cross. Mm. Anyway, so they present him with this new idea of the commando elite who are these talking, walking soldiers. Uh, well, he does the what everybody was ranting about at the time. Was that, that they don't do what they do in the commercials. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same thing with fast food. It never looks right. like it does on the menu. Right. So he challenges them to make the toys do what they do in the commercial. That's where it starts getting a little bit more adult because Jay Moore's character hooks up with Globotech's like, I don't know, like uh, military mu- munitions military division <laughs> and gets these like super sophisticated computer chips to put into the toys and somehow that basically gives them brains 
like they didn't really get into the science of it, but basically <laughs> sticking a chip in the toy's head gives it a brain and either makes it evil or in the case of the Gorgonites program to hide. Completely animatronic. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was the best part of the movie was the fact that the toys were all puppets and, and it, practical. It, right. Like, it still holds up. They, it looked super cool. Like the commando elites, like they looked like toys that I would have, like they looked like, I always thought G.I. Joe's were kind of lame because of how like scrawny and small small and easily breakable they were. But these were like, like if, if G.I. Joe's looked like this, like the Commando Elite, that would have been awesome. I would have mm. been way more into G.I. Joe's. <laughs> but anyway, they're painted as the bad guys because they want to exterminate the Gorgonites. That's their mission. And they have a tagline that's like, expect no mercy or something, no mercy right. or whatever. And it's not their fault. It's how no, they're that's, programmed. that's how they're programmed. And the Gorgonites, uh, their leader, Archer, is like this, he was like a cat sort of creature <laughs> with a crossbow. Um, and he's very like soft spoken. He says, greetings, I am Archer, the emissary of the Gorgonites. And he befriends the little kid who works in the toy store. I guess you guys are safe as long as you stay here. What are you looking for? Gorgon. Well, this is a national park. The Isle of Gorgon is our homeland. Will you help us find it? I don't think you're going to find it in there. Alan, if Gorgon is not in that window, is it in this one? There's nothing in windows. There's stuff outside them. What stuff? You know, outside, trees, power pole, Christie's house. And beyond that? The mall. And beyond that? That's the highway. And beyond that? About a million acres of farm. And what's beyond that? I don't know. And the little kid eventually comes to terms with the fact that, like, toys are alive, and he's got to save Archer and the rest of the Gorgonites from the Commando Elites. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Meanwhile, Kirsten Dunst is in this movie, and her character, I, I don't want to sound offensive, but there's a line her character says where... I'm guessing that these kids were, they weren't driving age because he rode a bike. So they were probably, what, like 13, 14? She was 16 filming the movie. So I okay. believe that they were probably 13 or 14. 13 or 14. And she has a line where just straight out she says, I only date older guys. Which when I heard that, I was kind of like, hmm. Because there's a whole scene of her, like the kid who works in the toy store and is the main character of the movie, is sort of like a nebbishy kind of quiet kid. And then there's a part where he's about to like put the moves on Kirsten Dunst, and she like gets on the motor. Her boyfriend comes up on a motorcycle, Brad. and Brad comes up on <laughs> a motorcycle, a who they set on fire later in the movie, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, they she rides off on the back of a motorcycle with him, and she says like, "Don't you know I only date older guys?" Mm-hmm. Which to me was like that. That that made me like creep a little bit. Not angry. No, oh. it just was like 
that's weird that you're 13 and you're saying that. She's. I had to look up her age because I was having like recall when I was first seeing the movie of having an opinion about Kirsten Dunst. And like I was whether going, she was hot or not? Right. Oh. And I still am confused because she always plays the parts where she is the most coveted girl in town or whatever. Is she? Um, I mean, she's pretty. I don't know. In this movie, she's she's kind of just like... She always had that, like, she's looking through her eyelids. Yeah, I could see that. But in this movie, she's kind of like, for lack of a better word, like, disposable. Like, you could have put any, you know, blonde actress in that role and she would have been the same girl next door who right. eventually falls for the the sensitive kid whatever i mean the good thing is is like she does stand her ground brad wanted to come in when her parents were sleeping and oh she, that's right she pushes him away that's right that's true and then she's the one who like makes the first move with the kid and says that she wants to like start a relationship with him mm-hmm and she run, runs over a bunch of the Commando Elite with a lawnmower. Right. Alan was, Aber, Abernathy. Alan Abernathy, which is a great nerd kid name. Which his dad, I forget what his dad's first name is, Stuart Abernathy. But he was also Witwicky. Oh, he's in everything. That it, guy's in everything. I love him. His name's Kevin Dunn. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. Back to Kirsten Dunst. So Kirsten Dunst tells Brad, you can't come in, even mm-hmm. though he's being pushy about it. And then she throws the coat over her little brother, who's been taken hostage in the closet. Oh, yeah. That was so messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The little brother is the one who kind of starts this, I think, because he, he goes to the toy store, and he says he wants the Commando Elite for his birthday. And then they show up at his house. Their plan is to take her hostage mm-hmm. to get to the Gorgonites. And instead, he stumbles upon them. This kid's like five if that and he's like wow commando elite you got the whole set and then they all come to life and they jump him and there's a scene where he like he falls down screaming and they're just like dog piling on top of him and then in the next scene he's tied up and gagged <laughs> in the and downstairs I, closet in the downstairs closet and that's when it kind of turns like hmm Super this movie's dark. this movie's turned a corner from toy story into child's play because then kirsten goes into her room where the commando elite have reconstituted her i guess barbies wendy dolls they wendy, dolls. wendy dolls yep who's voiced by christina ricci and, and sarah michelle geller sarah, like the names in this movie they put chips into their brains and turn them into soldiers. Right. And they're like demonic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why they decided to shave all their heads. But and- they keep, they can only talk in their phrasing that they like are programmed with. So it's like, hey, you want to go on a date? Or, oh, I'm mad because you broke my nail. Like, Did I overpluck my eyebrows? Yeah, something like that. It's very. Um, but then when they when they tie down Kirsten Dunst, one's climbing on top of her with like a mini saw and says, let's see if her head comes off. Oh, I don't remember that. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's like I put that down. I was like dark. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing just became like it was a very, very interesting. And I'm sure like this is way overanalyzing it. But you could write a dissertation on the themes in this movie. Mm. Like there's the whole like nature versus nurture. Like are we programmed from inception to be what we are? Or can we be, um, you know, like like the commando elite were programmed to be evil dicks and try to kill the Gorgonites. And the Gorgonites were programmed to hide. But at the end, the Gorgonites become courageous and they end up like helping defeat the commando elite. So there's that. Then there was also like the the notion of war and kids being exposed and, and like the, the toy store the kid works at won't sell war toys. Mm-hmm. So it's like the whole, it was 1998. Mm-hmm. So that was after a desert storm and all that. But it was still like, there was a very big theme of like anti-war 
in the movie. Well, something was turning society at this time. They had to do, they had to cut a couple scenes because, which I never knew about, but there was a school shooter named Kip. And one of the characters, the Commando Elite's name was Kip. And this Kip. Oh, Kip Killigan? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, So (laughs) Kip, whatever the school shooter's name, Kip something, he killed his parents. And then he shot 27 people at his school like three weeks before this movie came out. So they went back and and changed some things. But this movie was supposed to be a whole lot darker. I'm pretty sure this movie was supposed to be an R. Are they on the DVD? The deleted scenes or anything? I don't know. I didn't get there. Kip Killigan. What a name. (laughs) The the names were great. Butch Meathook, um, Nick Nitro, Nick Nitro, one I uh, Chip Hazard. Well, what the was whole... the what was the the black guy's name who was voiced by Jim Brown? Uh, Brick. Well, there's Brick Bazooka, Nick Nitro, Slam Fist, Scratch It. No, it must have been Brick Bazooka. Link Link Static was Bruce Dern. Oh, Link Static was like the communications mm-hmm. guy. So it must have been Bruce Brick Bazooka. But no, the whole thing starts. The only thing that I could be like, what? That doesn't make much sense. Was the kid was left in charge of the store, right? When his dad was going out of town. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, the toy deliverer was dropping off oh, yeah. boxes. <laughs> he was a shady fucker, <laughs> he was. wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a weird, like he, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, and like the kid was like, what's these new toys? And he's like, oh no, I, you know, I can't give these to you. And he was like, well, why don't they just fall off the truck? Like the kid, the kids, the kid <laughs> mockingly. black market. Yeah, the kid mockingly <laughs> suggests it and then the truck driver like eggs him on the kid's like no 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 i'm just kidding and the, the driver's like well i could lose the paperwork you know i could they could fall off the truck and happens all the time and i come back for the you money you sell them i come back for the money and then he yeah and later the kid makes a reference back to it saying he's gonna break my legs like total mafia <laughs> style oh, i didn't get that i, don't and I was like that. what one thing we've forgotten to mention this is phil hartman's last movie he was murdered uh, right before it was released. And he was pretty good in this, too. He played, like, the, kind of the typical Phil Hartman character that was, like, the next-door neighbor who was eccentric and annoying and obnoxious. And in this case, he had, like, a proclivity for, like, high-tech gadgets. Right. Like, his house had the biggest satellite dish, and he had the biggest surround sound system and all that. My favorite line that he says, which is a throwaway line, and I don't even think he's, like, focused on when he's saying it, but he's sitting on the couch, and his, that's when his wife is drinking the gin and tonic. That, that they drug. <laughs> that the Commando Hardcore Elite drug. Bill Cosby. That the Commando Elite drug with sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Phil Hartman just, like, turns to her. I'm guaranteeing it was ad-libbed, but he just goes, World War II is my favorite war. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I remember hearing that, too, and I was like, what? And then it cuts back a couple scenes later, and they're watching a documentary that's implied that it's about wars. Mm. So it makes a little bit of sense. But, yeah, that was such a throwaway line. World War II is probably my favorite war. <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil Fimple. I'm here to negotiate the surrender of the uh, Gorgonzolas. Now, here's our proposal. Hey, take them. He's telling us down the river. The guy's a regular Arnold Benedict. I mean, switch them off, take them apart, steal their batteries, whatever it is you people do. Hey. Is that my JVC? There will be no mercy. Oh, Gorgonite scum. Must die. Yeah. Bomb them all the way back to preschool. Recon estimates Gorgonite scum strength at 16. 16? Where'd they get 16 from? Seven Gorgonites and nine people. 
Well, you've heard our proposal. Get in here, hurry! These negotiations are over! Yeah, the Phil Hartman character, he gets, like, redeemed at the end because he, initially, he, he's the one who's, like, uh, what's the word? He's the most skeptical of, like, the claims that the toys are alive and blah, blah, right. blah. And then, eventually, they kind of come after him, and he's like, oh, shit, they really are alive. <laughs> and then, in order to, well, here's the thing about the, how they defeat them. They, they reveal in the movie that the chips that they put into the toys' heads have a weakness to electromagnetic pulses, which I learned about from... Ocean's Eleven? Broken Arrow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But both uh, <laughs> do a good job of explaining it. And so in order to stop the toys, they have to create an explosion, which I- I'm not sure that just any explosion creates an electromagnetic pulse. I didn't look it I'm up. I'm not an expert. Know. So in order to do that, the kid climbs a telephone pole and has to create a circuit between two transformers. Now, initially he's going to do it with a wrench, which, first of all, he holds in his bare hands and attempts to stick in between the two transformers. So that's metal. So that would complete the circuit. So that would shock him, and he would fall off the telephone pole. Which he does. Right. I was going to get to that. (laughs) It ends up that Chip Hazard climbs the telephone, or he flies a helicopter up to the telephone pole, and he knocks the wrench down. So the kid, with Archer's help, uses Chip Hazard to create the circuit by jamming him in between the two Transformers. Now, Chip Hazard's made of plastic, specifically polyurethane, because there's a line where he says, I love the smell of polyurethane in the morning. But isn't it a skeleton? But he's got a plastic outer shell, so it would never touch metal. But he's already, like, half-melted off, because they did the Terminator vibe. To I him. mean, I guess if you want to go that deep, I mean, I, I Yeah, I'm not trying to. But that was my first <laughs> thought. Was like, well, he's plastic. His hair is plastic, and his feet are plastic, so you're not going to create a circuit that mm-hmm. way. But anyway, the whole point is this kid's in peril, and Chip ha- he's hanging on the telephone pole, and Chip Hazard stabs him in the hand, <laughs> like cuts him in the hand legitimately, and the whole time he's in peril of falling off the telephone pole. And then when he jams Chip Hazard into the circuit, he falls off the telephone pole anyway, and he's fine. Right. He hits like a branch on the way down, but then lands basically on the street, and you're just like, oh, well, that's what we were trying to prevent him from doing, but looks like he's okay. That's my favorite trope is the, oh, that branch broke my fall, or yeah. that, that wire broke my fall, yeah. and you're like, no, that, that further injures you. Yeah. <laughs> But before we get away from the telephone pole falling, uh-huh. what Tom Hanks movie did his friend fall off a telephone pole? That's kind of like a famous scene from that era. The Burbs? The Burbs, uh. directed by the same man. All right. So that telephone pole was just kind of like a re a reused. Maybe that's his... Um, Stick? W- Wilhelm Scream or uh, <laughs> some, something like that, like uh, Oliver Stone appearing in his movies. <laughs> and such but i was gonna say one of the other themes that you could take away from this movie one of the last lines when archer and the rest of the gorgonites try to their their mission is to get back to their homeland of gorgon and he sees a picture archer sees a picture on the computer of like yellowstone national park or something Mm -hmm. and he thinks that's gorgon so he equates like the forest and the woods with with their home planet and at the end of the movie, the kid puts them all in this big wooden boat and, like, sails them off down the river. And he thinks, the kid's like, you know, you're probably never going to find Gorgon because the kid knows it's not real. But then Archer says something like, what does he say? It's way more poignant, but it's like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. 
or something. So you could totally take away like there's there's totally like a religious takeaway there with like the concept of faith and believing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was unintentional. I'm sure I'm overanalyzing it. But when I heard him say that, I was like, well, that sounds pretty like kind of biblical and 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 they believe in their land and their creation and all that kind of stuff. And so my point being that like the movie itself is number one, it's dark. Number two, it's interesting in the sense that i imagine we're overanalyzing everything but maybe not maybe the director was like yeah i want to make this about religion and war propaganda and uh right, the, nature versus nurture and- archer had a lot of good lines you nailed the the last one just because you can't see something doesn't mean it isn't there okay yeah um but there was also it was funny to me in 98 because the kid is doing homework on his computer, which you know is dial-up and slow as sin. Uh-huh. But there's still Wikipedia, which is what... No, he had Britannica. It was Britannica? Remember, he Archer called him the keeper of Britannica. Uh, okay. Hey. What the heck are you? You're not like any toy I've ever seen. Come on. Speak up. Greetings, Alan. Now shut up. I am Archer, emissary of the Gorgonites. Mm-hmm. I think you're smarter than you're letting on. I bet you're smart enough to get my name right. It's Alan, just plain Alan. That's all. Got it? Greetings, Alan. I knew it. Walk to the end of the table. Don't play dumb with me. You know what I'm saying? Alan, friend of Archer, defender of all Gorgonites, keeper of Encarta. Keeper of Encarta? You were using my computer? But he, uh, so Archer's going through that, right? And Mm -hmm. then there was something that he's like, you know, maybe we could find Gorgon. And he's like, Gorgon's, if it's not in those windows, is it in this window? And he points in, and the kid's like, oh, no, that window just goes outside. You know, and it was kind of like, to me, I was like, Hmm. this is where it started, where we just stopped going outside Ah. and stayed inside on our computers. See, this movie's really good. The movie is fantastic. The creatures were designed awesome, like the um, Slam Fist or Slug Fist. What was Slam it? Fist? Slam Fist was like he was kind of like comic relief a little bit, and he was just like a like a kind of like a blubbering ogre sort of, and he was like Archer's number two. And then there was Insaniac, who was this like witch doctor looking monster, mm-hmm. um, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, who spun around, and he was like a stand up comedian was his gimmick kind of thing. He was he was like, yeah, is this a boat or an oil painting or whatever he said at the end. <laughs> Um, then there was the eyeball monster and they all just looked really cool. And I remember that's why I might have, when I had the toys as a kid, I remember I might have bought them before I even saw the movie just because I thought they were really cool looking. Voiced really well too. Like the yeah. amount of star power that they got to just voice the character, it's almost like a Disney movie. I mean, Toy Story came out in 98, didn't it? Toy Story came out three years before this. Oh, Toy Story came out in 95, you're right. Yeah, because this, the main, like if you look at all the bad reviews, everybody's like, I thought it was going to be like Toy Story and da, da, da. Well, you know, that's that's your own preconceived notions coming into this movie. Mm. Don't knock it against this that you thought it was it was Toy Story, but a little bit more adultish. There was no Arlie Ermy in this, which he probably could have done a good job. <laughs> Is he on Twitter? We should we should tweet him. We should. 
But you know, he friend was, of the show wrote this movie too. Yeah, Adam Rifkin. Yes, because he was in Arlie Ermy was also in Saving Silverman. Mm-hmm. And he was great. Read so, some of the reviews. Do you have some of the reviews? I do. But Sherry O'Terry was another oh, yeah, random that just showed it. up. Yep, as a uh, the Globotech telephone operator. So, like I said, the one star out of ten. When I went to see this film, I was expecting the laughs I had when I watched Toy Story. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> That's what the person said? <laughs> Did a 19-year-old really laugh that much at Toy Story? When you're 19 and you watch Toy Story, aren't you more, like, enamored by it than, yeah, like, amused. amused by it? Right. Yeah. Toy Story 3 almost, you know, I never ripped out it. my heart. I refuse to see it. Oh, my gosh. Toy Story 4 I don't, don't want to see out. it at all. <laughs> There's another one coming out, too. Toy Story 4, yeah. Yep. Um, and that's really the only... Pixar... If they just want to make Toy Story movies, I'm fine with. As long as it's not Toy Story 2, which I did not like. Didn't see that one either. This film just made me feel that I was really was in the wrong place. <laughs> Everybody... Wow, like in his life or <laughs> like in the movie theater? Everybody seemed to be enjoying the film as I sat there contemplating going down the pub. Then realization grabbed me by the throat and shook me around quite a bit. This film was designed for youngsters, and I had outgrown it. Facing facts, this film is awful, but if I was 10, that would probably be one of the greatest films ever made. So my comment is really saying, take the kids, but on no means take your mates, as I did, and got beaten by them for stupidly recommending it before seeing it first. There's a lot of layers there. (laughs) That guy doesn't sound like he has very good friends. I don't... 19 years old, going to the pub, so obviously not American. Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't catch that. Well, calling it a pub mm-hmm. as well. I caught that, but I didn't catch the 19-year-old thing <laughs> and the mates. Well, that this was the guy I thought I was expecting the last I had when I watched Toy oh, Story. Oh, it's the same guy? Yep. I'm oh. 19 years old. So him and his mates went to Toy Story. I guess. Laughed their asses off. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> thought Toy Story was just funny as fuck, but, <laughs> but, but couldn't get into Small Soldiers. But had outgrown Small Soldiers, yeah. which is a darker film, and said, take your 10-year-old. I mean... Uh, and when did he write this? Uh, October 26, 1998. Okay, so he's grown now. <laughs> so I, wonder, I wonder if he'd appreciate it now. He even went under his real name of Adam Bronson. Nice. Any more good ones? <laughs> that one was really good. Yeah, that was a pretty iconic small I mean, everybody's like, not as big as Toy Story. Like, you can't go against Pixar. It's kind of like, I just saw Book of Life, which was a really fun film. Two years later, Coco came out. and Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Book of Life was really, it was good. Mm-hmm. Had Ron Perlman as, you know, the bad demon guy. Mm-hmm. You can't go against Pixar, because then everybody forgets you exist well unless it's a bug's life versus ants i was gonna say it's (laughs) it's it's a bug's life and ants i don't know i mean i didn't realize toy story i thought for when i was watching this i thought toy story came out in 98 but Mm -mm. to have it come out um three years later and people are still comparing it to toy story i wonder why because there had to be other like well number one it wasn't cgi but that's probably what they were referencing the fact that it was like toys come to life right so i wonder if there were other movies like intermediary movies that that but we can't have any toys come to life anymore with Uh, that's what i'm saying i wonder if there are other movies where like other than fucking child's play right which this movie reminded me much more of child's play than especially the beginning when they're putting them together all like the soldiers oh yeah yeah and the assembly line and stuff this movie reminded me much more of child's play than it did toy story remind me of gremlins more so with gremlins i could see that you get a gift and then you don't Uh take care of it and then the toys but the child's play thing like especially when they go to the lengths of like showing him showing Chip Hazard cut the kid, which I think he did more than once. He stabbed the kid like three times in the movie or something well, like that. Well, there was a, yeah, but when with the garbage disposal. Well, there was that, and they were going to hang Archer. They hung Archer over the garbage disposal, and they were going to lower him into it Poor head Archer. first. 
And then, um, yeah, the guy got his legs chopped off in the garbage disposal. I almost want to go to the Toy Story IMDb page and be like, this is no Puppet Master. <laughs> puppet Master. <laughs> this movie is no small soldiers. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I mean, all in all, I think this was, I'm glad that we did this movie because I, now I want to watch it again. I was like, I want to, I want a character. I want to, because I think I threw out all my toys. Oh, I looked them up on eBay. They're expensive. Two hundred bucks. Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> For like an archer. They're expensive. Um, yeah, they, they, the ones I saw were pretty expensive. But then they had like there was uh like a Burger King series of toys, which Burger King got pissed about because yep. it was a PG thirteen movie, and they were under the guise that it was going to be PG, right? And thus, much more broadly appealing. The Burger King ones are like the small Happy Meal toys. Not Happy Meal, whatever, King Meal or whatever Burger King is. But that's why, like, the rating system, I think we're at that point now. Like, back in the day, you were just looking at a poster. Mm -hmm. And you got to see if it said PG or PG-13 or R. Nowadays, the letter or letters aren't as big because they're listing what makes that movie oh yeah what the rating is mm -hmm. i feel like we could get rid of the ratings and just be like look this movie has blood gore yeah. sex like cursing if you allow your child to hear cursing then if you, you want to bring a baby that. to this movie right yep because like well in jurassic world also was weird for the fact that she couldn't say holy shit but then there was like dinosaurs ripping people apart why couldn't she say holy shit well the volcano was going she went holy and then they cut away from her oh really <laughs> yeah and i was like well you can't say shit wow pretty sure this movie's gonna that. go in worse places and it did well bottom line where would you where would you rank small soldiers on our list <sighs> It's so funny because, like, I feel like I have to go back. Our list watch. is very fluid. <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, so far, it's... Congo, Boiler Room. Congo and Boiler Room are pretty ironclad at the top for the moment. Um, I don't think I'd put Small Soldiers above them. And then it's sort of a nebulous tie between, like, Street Fighter, The Village, and um, we were talking about The Chase and also Jurassic right. Park 3. So the bottom three spots are kind of, like, up in the air. I think I like this better than The Chase. I do, too, for sure. I like this better than The Village. I like it better than Street Fighter, but you got a soft spot in your heart. I have a right? soft spot for Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling this this session of takes is, is kind of signaling the flaws in our rating system right so maybe we just say that it was a good movie and we liked it and we leave it at that cool can they uh can they really do that do what the thing where he punches his way out of the box no didn't think so there's a disclaimer i mean legal says we're completely covered you know what i'm sick of i'm sick of commercials that show us four by four trucks popping up to the top of mount rushmore and parking on top of abraham lincoln's head okay i'm sick of shampoo commercials that try to convince women they can look like claudia schiffer after one cycle of rinse and repeat what if these toys actually could talk what if they could walk what if they could actually kick ass i'm talking about toys that are so smart when kids play with them they play back toys and short gentlemen that actually do what they do in the commercials well, that's an interesting idea. Forget about this batteries not included crap. We're gonna stick in a lifetime Globotech lithium cell. Keep these things running forever. Don't piss off the guys that have ready. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how's this for a slogan? The Commando Elite. Anything else is just a toy. Everything else is just a toy. That's that's good too. Sure. Uh, sir, uh, you know that kind of uh, computing power doesn't really seem feasible right now. And Erwin, Erwin, we're members of the Globotech family. Surely we can hunt down that technology. We can make missiles that can hunt down one unlucky bastard 7,000 miles away and stick a nuclear warhead right up his ass. I don't think we're going to have a problem with this. Now, these guys are soldiers, right? And what do soldiers need? 
Hats? Cam cam camouflage. Miss Kegel. Enemies, sir. Enemies. See these hideous, ugly freaks. These guys are the enemy, and our guys have to seek them out and vaporize them. Well, no, they're not, uh, sir. <laughs> um, don't you think that's a um a bit violent? Exactly. So don't call it violence. Call it action. Kids love action. It sells. Besides, what are you worried about? They're only toys. We haven't decided what movies we're going to do next, but we have a whole list of them. So and you we'll can tweet at ones. us with your own recommendations. Tweet at us. Yeah, I think in summation, what we have to say about Small Soldiers is that despite its uh, dubious rating and its... It was a 5.8 on IMDb. Okay, so, so another even worse F- than like F+. Plus. Oh, wait, no, that, no, the chase was 5.8. This was 6.1. Oh, so, so this D was minus. D minus. So despite its dubious, uh, I, I meant its rating as a PG-13 movie, despite its dubious rating and its questionable violence and sexual overtones and such. Sexual I think, overtones? Well, her dating older guys and uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you were stuck on that. <laughs> I really was. It just weirded me out. I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it, and it just weirded me out. And um, I think the most badass line of it was at the end when he... Chip Hazard was going after Archer, and he said, you got a lot of guts. Let's see what they look like. That was awesome. <laughs> that was a fantastic line. That was a great line. There, I would say this movie, or yeah, this movie, out of all the movies that we've done, like Boiler Room, probably the most quotable. Mm-hmm. This one has the most amount of lines that you can make into memes. Oh, interesting. Like, I almost want to take some Archer lines, put them on like a Bob Ross painting. <laughs> interesting. And just rock it from there. Huh. I, that's a that's a whole and to think in 1998 when we saw this movie we didn't know what a meme was true wow so i think that all being said we can agree that uh as we often do on the show that small soldiers as a movie it wasn't, wasn't that, that bad. bad and with that we will leave you so tweet at us let us know if you want to hear any other movies uh reviewed or dissected and um that's all i got and, yeah my name is bro i'm mc thanks very much for listening subscribe peace Small Soldiers was produced by DreamWorks Pictures, Universal Pictures, and Amblin Entertainment. It was distributed by DreamWorks Pictures and Universal Pictures. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is War, What Is It Good For? by Edwin Starr. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us. Leave a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And remember, if you can't accessorize, pulverize. Enjoy your day. Come in.